When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Glad you found us. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for financial freedom and independence in your life, if you understand how real estate has done that for more than anything else, and you want in on that, I just want you to know you're in the right place. Got a great show for you today as uh, I have an unexpected guest, actually very much of a, a surprise. We, we kind of connected here last minute, and we have a really interesting background. And I want to uh, introduce you to him in just a second. But uh, if you haven't heard, the next Epic Intensive is officially on the calendar, January 25th through the 27th, the Cashflow Conclave, a quite uh, interesting name. If you don't know what a conclave is, because I thought it was really clever when I came up with his name, but apparently a lot of people don't know. It's just a secret meeting. We're going to reveal the secrets of, of Cashflow. All the details are available at epicintensive.com. And then, uh, unfortunately, the 25 free seats that typically we give out right in the beginning, those have all been snatched up almost before we ever even made an announcement. So, uh, but uh, there is an additional opportunity for a free seat plus a guest for you and a guest. You can go to the, uh, the public Facebook page, Epic Real Estate Investing page, and answer the question to the post that's pinned at the top of the page. We'll be selecting three winners. I'm gonna select one, my staff is gonna select one, and you are gonna select one. So as you're reading those posts, the post with the most likes is how you're going to select that one. So that's it. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Epic Real Estate Investing. And we'll be picking up a winner by the end of the week. So today is Monday as you are listening to this. Um, Friday night, we'll make the announcement on Saturday on the Facebook page. Okay, so go there now. And then also, I've been spending a lot of time over at Instagram. Probably the last person to create an Instagram account. But uh, we've been doing a lot of work over there as far as uh, sharing motivation and tips on escaping the rat race. And if you follow me at Epic Real Estate and post on there one of the images, doesn't matter which image, just, just create a comment that you are a podcast listener and anything else that you may want to share, and I'll follow you back. And I'm not going to be one of those people that follow you back and then defollow you in the next day or two. It's like, what a scam that is, right? <laughs> well, what's the point? All right, so um, let's get to our guest. Uh, you know, when I share on the, on the episode, and I've been asked this, or on this show, I've been asked this question so many times, Matt, if you were to start over, um, how would you do it? And I always say the same thing, like, because when I got started, it was, times were tough. There wasn't a marketing budget available. And even at that time, if I had a marketing budget, I wouldn't have known what to do with it, not like I do now. 
I didn't even know people responded to postcards back there 10 years ago. So I thought it was a, kind of a funny thing when I started sending postcards, like, oh, look how fast business goes. But I really was fortunate in the way that I started building the business because I think it was the, it's the best way. It might not be the fastest way, but it was really the best way because um, what I did was I just kind of took the, the sweat equity, took my hustle, took uh, everything that I have that's free to use and deploy. And I started going to RIA meetings. I started going to meetup groups, any sort of networking group. I'd go to Chamber of Commerce. I'd go to, what's that, uh, Toastmasters. I'd go to Rotary Clubs. I'd go to everything. But I always went with a property flyer. I always went with a flyer. So when they ask you to, to stand up, introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, what do you do? I always stood up with a flyer. And as I'm Matt, at, and I, my company is Epic Real Estate. And uh, I show busy professionals how to build a cash flowing portfolio in their spare time so they don't have to work so hard. If you want some information on that, I've got flyers right here. Meet me in the, after the meeting. I'd be happy to talk to you. And I just did that over and over and over again. And coincidentally, or the, how that's all related to our show today is I started representing this, our guest properties. So that's how it all started for me. Like I was making this transition from real estate agent into real estate investor. And as I've shared with you, once I started uh, sharing those properties, I mean, I sold, I sold two or three of the properties for him and, and I referred some business to him and he gave me a nice referral fee, which was all nice. But what happened because of that activity and of that action was so much bigger and something that I could have never imagined is I started to create this reputation as the, the deal guy, the hustler, the guy that's always got the deal, the guy that's in the trench in, in the business and he's always looking for buyers, always looking for sellers. And when you create that type of attention, that's really appealing to people with those types of networks. Because they all, they all want to be that person. And they all want to, and if they're not that person, they want to work with that person. So that activity, which I could have never foreseen, and it certainly wasn't part of the plan, it started attracting buyers to me. It started attracting sellers to me. It started attracting lenders and private money people. And, and so I just owe a great deal of gratitude to our gentleman here that's joining us today. Because if it weren't for him, if I didn't have his properties to sell, if I didn't have that idea, who knows where I'd be today? I might still be bagging groceries. I don't know. Or gone back to it. But anyway, uh, please help me welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show, Mr. Matt Owens. Matt, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? I appreciate that very much. But I have to, I have to tell you, man, you, you got to give yourself all that credit because you were the one hustling with all of it. You know, I, I just had a product, which was great, you know, but at the same mm -hmm. time, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you mentioned how we actually met in the first place. We, we spent about 16 grand on education. And yes. we met, each other, met at you know educational events and um, that's right. and that's right. so it was just the one relationship after another and things like that and it kind of fell into place. Now I find myself learning a ton from you, honestly, on your Instagram posts and your Facebook posts. I'm mm -hmm. looking at that, going, you know, you're doing it right. You're you're providing value in every one of your posts, and like mm -hmm. that's what I think is super cool about what you're doing. Awesome, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I certainly went out and did the work, but uh, you were the inspiration for that, and so thank you. <laughs> All right, we can stop stroking each other now. One of the things interesting about what you do, Matt, is I mean, you were well in the business before I really had ever bought or sold my very first property on my own behalf, and I think you were like you were doing turnkey properties, and you have a turnkey business that operates out of Memphis, and you can tell me what what's happened and what what it is currently. But back then, I mean turnkey wasn't a word like you know what i mean like you were doing it and there wasn't a name for it and now that it seems like everybody and their mom and their dad are doing it right but um kind of share with me how you what was your background before real estate and how did you, did you come fall into that portion of the business okay well you know it it, it leads to the why right the why is financial freedom and mm -hmm. so uh and 
I basically, my background is I'm a CPA and I was working at various CPA firms, a lot of times on really big real estate clients, like huge uh, uh, conglomerates that, that go buy apartment buildings across the country and, you know, but they're getting government subsidies. So I'm having to go through and literally do audits on government subsidy. You couldn't get a more boring type, you know, type audit to have to do. Right. But right. it was kind of interesting because I was seeing the real, seeing the real estate side and I was working for a couple of different CPA firms, seeing the inner workings of different businesses, but bored out of my mind, you know, going, I cannot work for somebody else my whole life. I, and I read literally rich dad, poor dad and thinking Go rich and took those real estate classes I talked about and quit my job. And it was like, I'm done. And mm -hmm. I can't do this. My mind already is completely focused on real estate. I feel like this is the way to go. And I don't know what the heck I was going to do. And luckily for me, it was, you know, 2006. And I was a real estate genius for about a year before I got punched in the teeth really hard by the market, not knowing anything. But right. to be quite honest with you, going through that, that fall so soon after, the, after you know, I started, was a huge blessing because my learning curve went through the roof immediately. It's, it taught me how to raise money. It taught me how to maneuver when there's problems. It taught mm -hmm. me how to not quit more than anything else. Because as we both know, like that's the hardest thing sometimes is to right. just not quit. Right. And um, particularly in our market, that I mean, in Los Angeles, in Southern California, this is a this is a tough place to to do this business, right? There's a lot of different obstacles here. I mean, certainly doable. We did it. But there's a lot of different obstacles here that might not be in other markets. But uh, yeah, so quitting is always top of mind. <laughs> I mean, you, you do it, you're in the middle of a flip here in California and it, it goes bad. You're bleeding cash flow immediately. You know, that's one of the reasons why I went out of state is because maybe I'm just a you know, scaredy cat and want to go to a market that the properties are 100, 150,000, but you right. know, this is five, 600. But at the same time, if, if I buy them and renovate them and tenant them, no matter what happens during the flip as far as value goes, I'm gonna be covered by the cash flow for my debt payment. So, you know, that makes it a, a much safer type position. So I tend to go to the cash flow as well as the the capital gains income. I think every investor should do both in reality to right. build their base. Right. Well, you got the four profit centers. So as long as you're holding, you're you're gonna be experiencing all four profit centers in real estate. So yeah, absolutely. It's the magic of it. People get so focused on the cash flow and and uh, they'll say, well, the water heater blew out and it stole a whole year's worth of cash flow. What a waste that was. And I was like, you, you're not getting it. <laughs> You've got the appreciation, you got the amortization, and you got the depreciation working for you. It's still a better return than the cash flow all by itself, you know? I hear you, man. It's, it's funny because, you know, in the beginning, when we started doing business together, I didn't know about any of this stuff. Like, I, it was, I was winging it like crazy, trying to go for it. And, mm -hmm. um, and now that I, I, I feel like my systems are a thousand times better after going through all those ups and downs and the waves and everything else that, that you got to go through. And um, now, you know, like we own a management company, a renovation company, a real estate brokerage. We have our nonprofit Phoebe groups that help. And then we also, you know, do a lot of, we capital raise for different syndications and invest in those types of things. We right. go through, we've been doing a lot of hard money and private money lending. Uh, and, and borrowing capital from investors as well as the flip. So it's kind of cool when you see all these different strategies and they all kind of relate to each other because what is real estate? You're raising money, you're finding deals, finding deals more, most importantly, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then you're developing relationships and having all these team members come together. So it's kind of cool when you see these different strategies. I know you're doing quite a bit as well, right? Right now? Yeah, totally. We've never stopped. We've never slowed down, right? Awesome. I, I do have a question for you though. Uh, yeah. With 
you know, when you kind of get out of the, the single man operation and you're just like, you know, you're hustling and buying and selling on, on all by yourself and you're running the show and you're doing a couple deals a month, maybe. And then you get to the point where you're doing 10, 15, we probably do about 15 turnkeys a, a month. And, uh, and we probably pick up three or four properties that we hold for the, the fund. And then we do various things with that. But, um, I'm interested, interested in what, in what you do. And we haven't really, I don't know, interacted, like just kind of from a distance for, for several years. Yeah. Now that you're, you're, you know, you, I know you still have your turnkey operation, right? You still do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we, still- about, we do about 10 houses a month right now and okay. we're trying to expand to about 20. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're hiring a ton of acquisition people and things like that mm-hmm. right now. It's going really well. Perfect. So that leads into my question. So when you're trying to ramp up and do it like that and get to a, that next level, whatever that next level is for you, and then you, you're raising capital to for a fund and, and syndication, stuff like that. What, where do you go? Where are you, what's your favorite places today to find your deals? Huh. Yeah, so we, we do do a lot of pay by click and direct mail marketing, and okay. it takes a ton of effort from that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have you have, you have to make sure you're tracking every key performance indicator in order to do it in the first place. You need to have a budget. You need to know that you're going to do it for six months with possibly very minimal success. If you know, in the very beginning, cause you probably suck, you know, in the beginning. And you know, so, so that is one aspect is doing that and getting the right data sources. But you know, a, a lot of times it's having someone that is looking at every, you know, following up with every single pending listing. That's, that's going. It's mm-hmm. um, looking at every vacant house that you can find and trying to, um, you know, call them and cold call and see if they're interested in selling or if it's a mm-hmm. owner occupant that's, you know, or, or a private investor that's managing it themselves. Or, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we find other ways of buying a property, like we'll go after notes instead and try to try to buy defaulted notes in that market so that we can actually go through and foreclose on it if we need to and get a property that way. Um, you know, and it's having people that are hustling on the ground all the time for you because you can't do it all yourself. So you really need to partner with other people on that side and pay them to help you with that. And, you know, maybe it's a referral fee, um, or, you know, they're, they're helping you preferably agents so that that way they can get paid for that. But one thing we do to keep our costs down is we'll go through and, you know, we send our agents to the properties to try to buy the properties. Um, from from the homeowners and develop that rapport and things like that. And uh, they are armed with a, a purchase contract, um, which is basically they already know the price minus whatever the rehab estimate is going to be is our max price. And then also an MLS listing agreement. So if they won't sell us the property, we can try to get the listing and help pay for some of the costs. And it keeps additional commissions going for your sales agents to have additional income source as well to keep those lights on and keep things going. So we take a big chunk of that because we're paying for the marketing, but give our, give our people, you know, a cut of it as well so that they're making money in multiple ways. Cause that's one of the hardest things is keeping really good acquisition agents. So they don't get burned out. So that means they gotta be making money, you know, right, right. So that's hard in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Best way to motivate is to compensate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And show show that they're helping people too. Like we take the mindset, even though we want the deal and we want it at a good price, it doesn't. We're not going to get the deal if we're not helping someone too. So, like, if you're talking with the homeowner, yeah, you want to get your price, but if you can get them where their debts paid off, they're in a great position, maybe in a rental that they have money in the bank, they have savings, they have a financial plan in order, or something like that. 
you know, you solve their problems in different ways and you're bringing value to the table because you're, you're solving those problems. Right. Absolutely. That's the most important way to sell and get those deals. Yeah. And I, it's, it's good um, that you just said that because I think the longer you're in this business, the more you realize how much of really your primary role is of, of that of a problem solver, right? Right. Been a big theme this year on the show. And I've really been trying to drive that home because, you know, with, you know, real estate's hot right now and and the education space is really hot, which Mm -hmm. means there's a lot of newly educated real estate investors out in the market right now. And all of a sudden, you know, your competition elevates and, you know, that, that low hanging fruit might not be so easily to, to grab anymore. So mm. you have to, you can't abandon your intuition. You have to become more resourceful. And what we were just saying when I was asking just kind of, how are you finding deals now? And like, you just laid out two or three different things that are very different than probably how most people go about it. Like you've got your agent going out there and they're, they're writing the offers and, and uh, you're still doing the pay-per-click, you're still doing the direct mail, but you understand it. it's consistency that's really going to win. So you're, oh, you're prepared budget-wise to, to go six months without any real results. Um, there's a question I had, uh, multifamily, it's really big right now. A lot of people into multifamily and, and apartment buildings, and I just dumped three of them because I thought they were kind of a pain in the ass. But maybe that was just me. <laughs> maybe, it was a, maybe I was a bad operator. I'm just going to stick to my single families for now. I'll, I'll reload, but I need to clear, clear some headache from my, my space first. But um, all of my multifamily has come from me marketing for single family. And the person I was talking to happened to own multifamily units. And that's how I made those acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Um, with your fund, I think you're going after multifamily. Is that correct? Yeah, we, we actually, last year, the last couple of years, we bought like a, we bought a nine unit, a 12 unit, a 16 unit, mm-hmm. a 30 unit and a 19 unit. And um, we did a value adds on those and we resold them uh, to other investors that want the cash flow. Most of our investors, a lot of them are international clients that live in Japan and China. Okay. Um, but a lot of them are in Japan because they can write off the building portion over five years for depreciation purposes for Japanese investors. So mm-hmm. but yeah, we, um, we, we do a lot of the, a lot of that where we try to value add in this kind of a market. I think it's important to do a, to buy something that can, that can create a value or you can create a value add out of and build, get that built in equity because I feel like we're kind of at the top of the market. And, you know, with the multifamilies as well, they're a little bit different than the single families where single families, you can get a good family in a property and they'll stay a long time. You know, if you have a lower end um, or, you know, lower cost point, um, uh, multifamily from, from a tenant standpoint and a rental standpoint, mm-hmm. it's really hard to manage that turnover and manage the different people in different ways. Your management has to be like ridiculous on those things. But you know, if you can try to get a little bit higher in rents on a multifamily versus what you might be okay with in a single family, you can just, I mean, you can kill it because you can keep that quality up. Like our multifamilies now in our 30 unit and our 19 unit, uh, a 19 unit in Memphis rents for like eight ninety five a month. We bought it for one hundred and forty nine thousand, and we're into it after rehab was like six fifty. I mean, we just—it was huge, and right. and um and and that one we're into it for nine now after everything and holding costs and and of course overages on the rehab and all that stuff. And then, uh, but it's worth about one point seven three five, which is you know kind of that's a home run deal, right? Right. Our unit we're into for about one point one five, and we're selling it right now for one point seven three nine. 
Um, but I have a one one partner on that one, and you know sometimes I'm like, dang it, I should have raised debt instead of equity on that. But you know at the same time, uh, you know it takes a lot of risk off your plate when it's a lot of equity versus that debt, right? So sure. I really multifamilies, but I like the repositioning of those more than you know down the line. If you're holding them long term with low leverage, um, that's great. But sometimes the financing is you know seven years and then or ten years max. And you don't get that 30-year fix where you don't have to worry about it ever again, you know? Right, right, totally. So would you say, well, so how are you finding your multifamily deals? What's what's your avenue for that or your channel for that? So, so the, the first way is I know brokers in the area that focus specifically on the multifamily aspect that can shoot me deals. So I've made lots of relationships. And once you close a few, it helps substantially where, you know, they know you because you've closed with them and you did exactly what you said you were going to do. And you came with cash to buy it too, which right. huge on multifamilies to be able to do that, um, to not have to worry about the bank financing. But, um, you know, when it comes to that, I first review all of those as much as I can. And then I have other people trying to go and scour the market for the same type of way as the single families where they're pulling, like we can get lists of every single multifamily in the area. Um, Sometimes those lists don't necessarily have um, the owner information on there. They might have an LLC information or something like that. And so then you kind of got to skip trace those people to find them, to try to call them. And the marketing is a little different, right? You're just trying to hit their pain points and say, mm-hmm. are you sick of bad property management? Are you sick of repairs and tenant problems? Um, you know, do you not have enough money to get good quality tenants? We can reposition your asset for you and even bring the money to the table for a rehab even and partner with you if you want us to, you know, like, or we can buy it from you in cash if you want to cash out, you know? So those types of things are the possible solutions to some of the headaches we all know about when we're managing multifamilies, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, we're just willing to deal with the headaches sometimes. And so, you know, and, and try to find as many ways possible to solve them to then be able to go through and, and make a lot more money off of those deals. Right. So right. right. Operations. Perfect. Sweet. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Um, okay. One thing that you guys have running right now, which has been really impressive to watch grow over the years. And it's something, it's one of the strategies I teach as far as, uh, finding deals, finding buyers, finding uh, sellers, finding really works well for finding private money, which is probably, um, you could probably attest to that. And that's just creating your own group. You know, we, we teach people to go out and network, go to RIA meetings, go to meetups, go to all these different networking things. But uh, creating your own is a really good idea. And sometimes kind of people look at that and wow, it's such an undertaking. And that's how Mercedes and I really got started was when, or where I guess where we started to take off is we created our own group. And we met with our own group and it was just so much magic comes out of it. It's like, it's intangible, but if you look behind, look in the rear view mirror, then you're like, well, this relationship came from that. And that led to 17 deals over here. And then this relationship came from that and that led this, and we're still doing deals with them today. And so you started a group called Phoebe for investors by investors. And have you ever got a call from FUBU, by the way? <laughs> no, but, no. <laughs> but I've said that multiple people have said Fubu. I'm like, no, Phoebe. Phoebe so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's just a, a different vowel. Uh, but for investors by investors, you've got several chapters here in Southern California. Um, I don't, it's, it's kind of talk about how that started and what it's grown to and what it's given you. So it, it was started by a couple of full-time investors by the name of Jeremy Roll and Ellis San Jose that were, you know, tired of going to the uh, the, the classes that are, you know, the, the, they're going to sell the book and tape set or the upsell that's $25,000, $40,000. And they wanted a place, you know, where 
it wasn't like a normal real estate club where they're trying to pitch you something each time where they're really adding value and have a place where people, you know, don't get sold something. But at the same time, uh, we, we go through and, and bring people together to educate as well as develop the relationships in the room. So it's really like a tightly knit group because, you know, everybody kind of that, that trust is already built. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some people will have come in and I'll have them show their education because there's really valuable education out there. Like I've taken it. I've taken note classes on a weekend that completely changed my strategies like that. And right. you know, those, some of those things are ridiculously valuable. But um, you know, the, the fact that most real estate clubs every month, they, they're pitching you something at the end of that night, right? So that mm-hmm. speaker, it gets a little bit harder to, you know, to, to trust just because you know, that, 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 that pitch at the very end, right? Right. It's, it's the run to the side of the room mentality and buy it right now. And you know what I mean? So, and, and so it was started from that and it, it basically grew um, afterwards myself and another partner named Dave came on board. We started in 2008 with like six people in a, in a realtor office, you know, and it started initially with the two first guys with like two people at an event, like a Starbucks, you know, right. trying to get together to meet. And what's cool about it is we've been running it every single month, totally different topics. We got about five chapters throughout Southern California, and um, and they all run different topics like how to flip a house. You're going to be coming in February to talk a lot about mindset and things like that, which I think is really really cool, um, and how to kick off your new year, right? So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Uh, and you know we bring in high quality people that know what they're doing, like yourself, to really be able to go through and add as much value as we can to people. And when I started doing that my relationship base exploded and the trust gets built because you're in front of the room coordinating the whole thing. Whether you know what you're doing or not, people will come to you and bring you resources. Like four or five people brought me deals last night at our holiday party. Just were like, Hey, I got something for you that you, you got to see this, you know, and there's like a rehab deal in Inglewood that I know is going to be like a gold mine on a multifamily. If if the numbers that can, can work out, you know, so mm-hmm. like, kind of, it's just little things like that, that are, are value add. And you find about all these new ways other people make money too, not mm-hmm. just, you know, Hey, I found a lender and uh, an attorney and a CPA and all the team members you need, but it's, it's the, wow, you're doing that strategy or that new technology just came out that I didn't even think about because, you know, and, and something is changing and, and just the way people interact, right. It's like, how you're supposed to talk with the people that think like you to help, you know, to, to, to move you forward and, and have your network be on your level, trying to, trying to focus on or above your level, hopefully, you know, to right. try to help you move forward too. So right. I think a ton of benefits. Totally. Yeah. I mean, this, and now you've got, are you have, do you have out of state chapters now as well? Um, we, we had one in Arizona, but they kind of died down. So okay. we're, we're actually getting our stuff together substantially on that. Um, we, right. Just because we're, we're hiring people now to come in and help us with our sponsorships with, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a nonprofit. So we just basically go through and have specific sponsorships to help pay for, you know, the, the groups. And we don't really make much money at the groups, but we make a ton through the relationships. So, sure. Uh, sure. so that's really where all the value is and where, you know, what, what we got out of it, you know, so. But um, but we are we are looking at expansion in different areas and things like that too and um, and I think that it, it provides you know a ridiculous amount of value. I mean, so just like yourself, you know, I'm ex- excited. I think I'm going to be able to come to the intensive and stuff like that that you're having. And mm-hmm. and that's dude, that's ridiculous value. Like when we were in our mastermind group together, the the value in the room of being in a room like that and actually 
learning from somebody that's already doing it or has totally different skill sets that you do in that industry, it moves you forward tenfold immediately. Totally. It's totally. unbelievably valuable, you know? So at the, at the intensive, we always do a, uh, we, after on halfway through day two and all the day three, like those that want to go ahead and give some comments about what they liked best about the event. We'll take those interviews and we watch them all afterwards. And, uh, the, the two things or the one thing that people always say that was it the, the part. Okay. I had two thoughts and I just combined them together. So it's really just one thing, <laughs> but what they always say is like when they would ask them, what did you like best? You know, I want them to say, well, that cool little Facebook strategy that Matt's doing is like, that's killer. That's Ninja. Or, you know, his new marketing piece is amazing. I can't believe how it's worked. And, but they always say the same thing. I, I love the people here. The conversations I've been having in the hallway with people have been just as valuable as the stuff that I've been hearing from the stage. So, right, um, right. you know, there's, yeah. a, there's fast ways to do this business. Like you can do a massive marketing uh, direct mail campaign or a pay-per-click campaign. You can generate a bunch of leads fast if you've got the budget to do that. I guess the fastest way, but I think the best way is through relationships. I mean, how, we hardly have to hustle like that anymore just because of the relationships we've built over the years and, and your business right. is very much the same. So go for not, if you go for nothing else, go for the people. You need to interact with as many like-minded individuals as you can. Being an entrepreneur, being a real estate entrepreneur is a lonely business sometimes. And you right. know, it's, it's funny because when, uh, when, when you talk about the relationships on that side too, you, it's really cool that you can find ways of, of trying to, as a business owner, which is our, all of our goal and be, have that true financial freedom and do nothing, but keep your business, real estate business going. Right. Mm -hmm. So through those relationships, you can have a ton of different strategic partnerships with different people with different skill sets. Yep. You know, for example, I go through and I'm part of a fund. One of the funds that I developed previously where I had someone else doing all the due diligence work, which I reviewed it, of course, and made sure that they were accurate in what they're looking at. But mm -hmm. I just raised some capital over here, and now they're doing all the work for me. And you know, like I have someone else that buys discounted, you know, notes for me, non-performing notes, does all the work. I raise the money from private investors, and they do all the work, and we split the profits 50-50. Now, how cool is that? I'm not doing anything. Like. Right. Granted, I took 10 years to develop all these investor relationships. Absolutely. It's a matter of like looking at your resources and how do you combine different people in the room that have, you know, have totally different skill sets that can be ridiculously valuable in a ton of different ways. Right. I mean, just, just our relationship, for example, I mean, it's been, what, 10 years since I referred those original properties yeah. and we haven't done anything together since. But I know if anything comes up, I know I can call you and I'm going to get your serious attention and consideration and right. vice versa, right? Right, right. Yeah, just, and you keep on creating those relationships. All of a sudden, you got this database and you have options now, right? You have bona fide yeah. options that no one else has because you put in the work up front, right? Right. Well, and, so, and, you know, I, I, think, I think we do do some things together. Like, for example, the, the Phoebe group that uh, I'm going to have you come speak at. And we had you come last year to our Manhattan Beach group. Mm -hmm. You added a ton of value to our audience. So I look at that as something where we're working together on those types of things, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, great. Thanks. I was speaking more real estate related, but um, no, that's, it, it, it builds in all the, so many different dimensions. So, um, all right. So 2018, what are you most excited about? Oh, I'm hoping there's a crash so we can all make a lot more money. <laughs> you know, I, I heard a really interesting theory of, uh, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast. Do you listen to him at all? Um, I've heard of them before. Okay. I think I've listened to them one or two times. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been uh, really trying to broaden my horizons with the different podcasts I was listening to. And I was listening to one of his and someone asked about the economy and he was being interviewed and, and the, you know, the, the subject of Donald Trump came up 
And he says, you know what? I think Donald Trump's ego around business is so big. He might, you know, finance the whole history of this country just to make sure that the economy doesn't collapse on his watch. So that's what he's thinking. Like, you know, the day he's out of office, watch out because it could be crashing. But he actually felt like, you know, we got two or three really strong years to stash as much cash under the mattress as possible. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, you know, we'll see, we'll definitely see what happens. I mean, I feel like the Federal Reserve doesn't really have much play left in interest rates or, you know, we'll, we'll see if, um, you know, the Bruce Norris's of the world are right when they say there's a 2% interest rate coming or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only monetary policy they can do to try to prop us up further. But as we all know, the government does it after the fact and usually makes things worse. So, you know, most... <laughs> Most most of the most everybody in charge, no matter who it is, doesn't know what the heck they're doing in the first place. So, right. right. <laughs> On that note, how much Bitcoin do you own? Two hundred dollars. I, I made a fifty percent return in like three days. So. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? I'm like, I'm just going to gamble on that. But I did the math. If I would have bought it in 2013 with $25,000, I would have had like $30 million right now. It's like, yes, yes, yeah. I know, I know. And there's some of those guys out there. There's oh, playing yeah, the game, yeah. sitting, waiting for a while. The Facebook twins actually were known as the, I guess they're known as like one of the first billionaires from Bitcoin or something like oh, that. Oh, is it right? That's crazy, you know? So kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, just, I had this... Uh, epiphany i guess maybe maybe about two weeks ago i just started looking back in history of all the things that i initially rejected right and if like why was i so stubborn and so hoity-toity when these new things get proposed to you you know bitcoin was introduced to me in 2009 and i'm just like you gotta be kidding me you're buying computer chips and and it's a thousand because i'm thinking that that year it was or that moment it was a thousand dollars for one coin i know it did a massive drop but I was like, you only get one coin for a thousand dollars? Like, I just didn't even comprehend that. You know, and the same thing with. I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, I know it. I know it. You know, like, so I, I actually watched a watch a TED talk about three months ago on it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just I should just go buy like a grand worth and and then of course I'm like I put it off and like whatever and then like of course three days ago I got it which I would have made like so much more money but you know <laughs> this is how this works right it's gambling it's like you know it's yeah. there's no real value behind it right now other than the blockchain technology which that's going to be a game changer when it comes to every single industry especially real estate like the mm-hmm. verification of blockchain technology as it comes to like title companies verifying title and you know, different intermediaries, you know, lenders and people like that. Now you can have a peer-to-peer type system. Um, We'll see how it develops, but it's really interesting, the implications in real estate specifically. Yeah, it is. Uh, My, uh, William, who works in here with the technology in our REI ACE program and implementing all the systems and stuff, he went out and bought the Bitcoin house buyer. (laughs) Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gosh, I wish I would have thought of that. That was a good one. That's uh, great. Yeah. That's anyway, great. cool. So if people want to learn more about it, if anything that you said was inspiring and intriguing as so much of it was, um, I never know what resonates with people though. If some, you, you said something and people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, go to my website, which is ocgproperties.com, or you can email me at invest at ocgproperties.com. OCG Properties. That's Owens Consulting Group. Yeah? Correct. OCGproperties.com, email them at uh, investor at OCG. What you said? Uh, invest. invest. Invest at OCG or go to OC, OCGproperties.com or go to OCGproperties.com. There we go. <laughs> we'll put it in the notes. You can go, we'll, we'll, we'll straighten it out. But I think we got it good. All right, man, well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm going to see you uh, 
worst case in about a month and a half or so. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Before that. I apparently missed the holiday party last night, so won't see you for that. Uh, but have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and if you need anything, reach out. Otherwise, I'll see you at the end of January. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, bud. Take care. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.